Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Three Daisy Things. This time we are back with our In Dialogue series. And our very special guest for this episode is Beth Watkins, who is a museum professional by day, but is also a very famous Bollywood blogger and film enthusiast. And she knows a lot about uh, Bollywood. So we thought we'd talk to her and get her sense of Bollywood or coming to Bollywood as an outsider, as an American. And also she's drawn this amazing, amazing family trees which kind of link different Bollywood dynasties together so it's kind of like Game of Thrones the Starks are married to the Lannisters and then they have a child and that child goes on to be something big in Bollywood so it's kind of like a really interesting family charts that she's drawn online so we also wanted to talk about her oh my god is Karan Johar brand Stark is that what's happening <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad analogy. To I think that's actually a pretty good analogy for all the Game of Thrones sets. No, but we talk about Bollywood a lot. Bollywood is really kind of part of the fabric of Indian culture and history. It's such a big part of it. So we wanted to give you guys a little bit of context. And it's always interesting to hear um, an outsider's perspective. Beth didn't necessarily grow up with Bollywood. She found it um, in her adulthood. So she has a very different perspective than maybe Sarve than I do. Absolutely. And I think that this conversation will also touch on a very timely topic of uh, nepotism and in the in the Bollywood industry and how it, it works. Um, like many other industries, um, it's who you know, who you're related to that really gets you in the door. Uh, it's a it's a big topic of conversation in India right now, and we'd love to bring that element as well to the conversation. And her family tree charts have uncovered some connections that we didn't know about. Like there's some connection between Satyajit Ray and a very prominent film star that we didn't, we had no idea about. So it was, it was a process of discovery even for us. So grab a cup of chai, maybe a notepad to take down some good racks and enjoy this episode. Would it be fair to call her the George R.R. Martin of Bollywood family <laughs> charts? Yeah, she's the George R. R. Martin of Bollywood Family Charts. And uh, also check out her other website, Pagal Subtitles, which is this hilarious Tumblr website where audience contributed weirdly translated subtitles superimposed upon Hindi movies or Tamil movies or whichever other Indian movies lead to some super funny results. So definitely check out Pagal Subtitles. Beth is also really active on Twitter these days at Beth Loves Bali. She starts, a, she's engaged in a lot of uh, active conversations about what to watch and different conversations about uh, Indian cinema. So you can catch her there as well. Enjoy this episode. And today we have a very special guest, Beth Watkins. Yay! Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. And you're so welcome. So... How do I introduce you, Beth? Because <laughs> <laughs> so Beth runs this amazing, uh, Beth has this amazing Twitter presence called Beth Loves Bali, where it's essentially really fun and really interesting Bollywood trivia, facts, stories. Am I am I right? 
Oh, thank you for that description. I would, I would definitely strive to be those things. <laughs> I just, um, you know, I blogged way back in the day and met a lot of people online through that. And when Twitter, you know, came to be, um, really, it's kind of eaten into my ability to write long form. I think, but <laughs> um, I really am so enamored of all the conversations I've had there and the great people I've met, like you three. I know you three through Twitter. Um, you know, it's it's just such a wonderful, what, like hive location, whatever you want to call it, for talking about all sorts of things. And for me, talking about Indian film there has been nothing but great. Yeah, and one of the fascinating things that I I thought when I and I'd been following you on Twitter was that you had like really deep knowledge about Bollywood and some mm. really um, unknown facts that most people growing up in India would not. I grew up in India and some of the things that you talk about, I had no idea about. So you're in Chicago. No, you're in Urbana-Champaign. Yeah, I'm in Urbana-Champaign at the university there. Can you talk a little bit about like, is this your day job? Like, what exactly do you <laughs> do? It is not my day job, but my day job is sort of related. I work at a world cultures museum. So the idea of, you know, getting kind of bitten by a subject and diving into it is part of what I do in my day job. I'm really lucky that way, but this has um, gone on way longer than any one of my work projects has. <laughs> um, and every now and again, I do get to do, you know, film screening type stuff. So that that's fun too when that happens. Um, but yeah, usually I'm, um, my day job is definitely not film related most of the time, but it is culture related very much, um, which I think is one of the things that has in what like kind of innately encouraged me to try to learn as much as I can about Indian cinema because I knew nothing uh, and I knew very little about India at all. And, um, you know, I, I just have loved reading and talking to people and traveling when I'm able and, you know, all those things. Um, how did it start? How did the Bollywood bug bite you? So if we can cast your minds back to 2005 when there were still movie rental stores um, because I live in this great college town. We had a really great independent video store and I had seen, um, I was going to see Bride and Prejudice and the website had this great page on it about um, the different Bollywood film conventions that the director wanted to play with in that film. And I thought, I've never seen one of these. I should see one of these. So I went in and kind of grabbed a couple films at random and it happened to work you know, like I happened to just get bitten right away. Um, and I should also add that early early on in starting to watch Indian films, and I really Hindi films because that's mostly what I watch, um, my town hosts a film festival every year um, originally held by Roger Ebert because he's from here um, called Ebert's Overlooked Film Festival. And they showed Tall that year. So I got to see that on the big screen and Subash Guy was actually there in the audience and talked, you know, on stage later. And like, you can imagine, I don't know if any of you got to see that on the big screen. Hopefully anyone has, because it's such a razzle dazzle, yeah. like huge, beautiful experience aesthetically. The music is, oh, I love it. You know, great. It's just, you know, I was completely blown away. Um, so I think kind of some early lucky experiences really cemented for me. Like, I want to know more about this. But did I see online that your first Hindi film was Mujse Dosi Garoge? You you know that correctly, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of baffling to everyone, including yeah. myself. <laughs> I mean, retrospect. I'm not going to lie. I love that movie, but <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> well, like most people say that the best thing about it is that that medley. And of course, I didn't know any 
any of what that was about. But I, I still love Rani Mukherjee and Karina Kapoor, so I think I lucked out with the cast, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it is that I picked that off the shelf, um, but it worked. <laughs> I think you y'all are forgetting the amazing climax scene. <laughs> where the where the Sindhur just goes through the air to the right person. If you haven't seen it, the Matrix has nothing on this climax. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, so, you know, you mentioned Bride and Prejudice, but I, I read that um, you're, you're a Jane Austen uh, fan. And sure. Is that true? And so is it like, you know, Jane Austen led you to pick up this? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, inadvertently, that is one of her effects. <laughs> what do you think now of Bride and Prejudice? <laughs> I actually haven't rewatched it in quite some time. I, I mean, I have seen it since learning more about Hindi cinema. Um, I feel like it's not a super successful film in a lot of ways, but I think the experiment was a good one. And I'd love to see someone give it another try, even that same director, maybe. Um, yeah, some of the cast is probably not who I would pick in retrospect, but... I think the I can absolutely see why it seemed like a good idea. Like there's a lot of, I think, pretty natural fit, especially if you're kind of running on um, the stereotypes generated from both Jane Austen and from Bollywood at that time. So, yeah, I absolutely see you see why. And of course, there's an Emma inspired Hindi mm-hmm. film and um, Aisha off the top of my head. That's the only other one I can think of. But maybe there are even more. No, I was going to say no, go it's ahead. not a Hindi movie. You may have seen it. It's a very good Tamil adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. I love that one. Kandu Konde, yeah. Kandu Konde. It's fantastic. Yeah, and that's by far the best one. I would say that I've that. Yeah, that's a beautiful film. And you, so sorry, tracking back, you actually liked Tal. Oh yeah. I like I still really like it. <laughs> okay, you you're So wrong. am I the only one who thinks that it's gone into the so bad it's good territory now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Three to one here. So our thing for today that we wanted to talk about with you mainly is uh besides all of the other sidetracks that I would love to take, our thing for today, apparently, is everybody in Bollywood is related to each other. And your very well-researched, extremely detailed family chart shows that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, when you're when you don't grow up with any of this cultural context, it's kind of at least for me, it was I just had all these questions about who all these people were. And I don't I don't come from like Hollywood knowledge at all. So like I know there are film families in other parts of the world, too. So but I just um, I was really struck by this because you because people be like, no, those two Khans are not related. But then you're like, oh, but all these Kapoor's are related, except for those Kapoor's who are not related. <laughs> like I just was trying to really get my brain around who people were. And I'm not sure why that felt important to me, but it somehow I just, you know, it kind of helped me just figure out generations and influences and stuff like that and just the more you dig into it as you all were commenting like it just grows and grows and grows in ways that are pretty to to me anyway totally mind-blowing um and the Kapoor's are obviously one of the big ones but the the Mukherjee's are even to me maybe even more um amazing it's just uh and there's nothing new about families staying in the same industry either, right? Like, this is not unique, I don't think. But maybe the extent is unique? I'm not sure. Um, but just it just fascinates me to think about 
how people are connected to each other and what that, you know, and more importantly, what that means about their work and particularly, obviously, recent conversations about nepotism. You know, I know a lot of people who say, I don't care if it's nepotistic, I want these stars. I'm like, that, sure, but people could have been stars anyway without the nepotism and maybe there'd be some great stars who never got a chance because they're not related to everyone. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's an important thing to think about when we think about how an industry works um, and how opportunities are given or denied. And with the Kapoor, uh, with the with Prithvi Raj Kapoor's branch, it's four generations, right? Are we on the fourth or the fifth generation is now being born? Fifth. <laughs> fifth. Yeah. I wonder if we could, um, you know, talk a little bit about for our audience who, you know, may not be as familiar, like about some of the big dynasties of Bollywood and like, you know, the branches and 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 define those a little bit. So I think the Kapoor's are the ones most people think about first because they are so many generations and because they spread out, you know, horizontally as well. And of course, some of them are involved in production direction as well as just as actors. And I, I haven't even really gotten into tracking a lot of the, say, the mus- musical families, because those are immense also. Um, so that's that's a major one. The Bots, of course, are a major family that stretch all over the place. Then there's the Anil Kapoor's, Boney Kapoor branch of the Kapoor's. And people... I honestly do not know if they're related to the other Kapoor's or not. Some people insist they are. Some people say they're not. Someone told me, Sonam told her that they're not related. So, But I was like, well, I don't know who you are, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just... It, uh, so those are major ones. The Mukherjee's um, span, you know, the Calcutta and the Bombay film industries. That's another major one. But, you know, the Roshans are a family. The the Honey Irani siblings and their children are an industry. The Feroz Khans are a dynasty. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I'm trying, I'm just, I've got my spreadsheet up or my family tree here up and I'm looking at them. Um, there's, there are many branches who also work in the Marathi industry as well as the Hindi industry. Of course, I don't know anything about the Marathi industry, so I can't really speak to that. But the the Joshis, um, uh, the Naths who married into the Kapoor's from you know several generations ago or several decades ago, it's just it's it's massive. Um, and again, most of the people that I have looked at are are in front of the camera, but there are directors, there are producers, there are composers, singers, choreographers. <laughs> screenwriters you know everybody uh is interlinked in some way it seems let's talk a little bit about like the process here how did you go about mapping all this like what sources did you use clearly you know randos on twitter telling you sonam told them (laughs) isn't one of them but um you know it's hard to pin some of these down it's really hard and i tried not to do I tried not to use anything that I couldn't find some kind of semi-reputable source for. And I will put the big caveat out. IMDb has a lot of this in it. Is IMDb always correct? We all know it is not. But I tried to run things down in more than one place when I could. So I'm sure that what I have is not entirely correct or and obviously not complete is never going to be complete. <laughs> um but yeah, so it's sort of a combination of Wikipedia, which has an amazing set of Indian film dynasties listed on it. Um, 
IMDb. There's lots of interviews out there. Uh, Film Fair several decades ago had a, a big tree of the Kapoors. And my university library has Film Fair going back into the 1960s. So I actually went into the stacks of the library and got it. And I can see your faces that you're a little bit maybe jealous of that access. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun to go look at those. And when I want to come over, to your library. To back in the stacks. <laughs> It's so fun. You can come visit me. We'll go. We'll go dig around. Um, sometimes people tell me things, and depending on who it is, like I, you know, other people who are um, journalists, or you know, I've got. I'm sure you know some of these folks on Twitter too, who are serious trivia film fact people. Like I'm nothing on them at all. They are mind blowing. <laughs> um, so they'll send me things every now and again, but. Yeah, it's it's a real combo. There's a great biography of the Kapoor family by a journalist that I uh, that's been a really interesting book and a useful book to start with. And when I read that several years ago, I actually had to draw it out for myself because I was like, I'm getting lost again. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when I read Weathering Heights, every time I read Weathering Heights, I have to draw out who's who. So I think maybe I'm just slow to connect on some of this, too, and I need to draw it for myself. But I know you know, I've met so many people who are also new to Indian cinema that have these questions. And I thought, well, I might as well draw it up. Also, what else are you going to do in a pandemic? So if if you wanted to put this in context for an American audience who doesn't necessarily know the clans and the families, could you help us put it in, put it in context? Say, is it like finding out Tom Cruise and George Clooney are related or something like, like, something like that? Yeah. And the, the family I always reference is the Barrymores because it's the only one I know of that has four generations of actors. Mm. And they straddle stage and screen, as do many of these Indian actors, of course, straddle stage and screen. Um, not to mention TV now as well. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of other Hollywood families that are also four generations. I just don't know about it. But the, the Douglases are maybe another one that people will have heard of or the Estevez-Sheen family. Um, yeah, that's usually who I stick to. But it is it is like finding out that, you know, David Duchovny is related to Kevin Bacon or whatever. <laughs> whatever it may have. I don't know why I picked those two. Oh, and Kevin Bacon's the obvious one, of course. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I must know people in the in the U.S. who would do this with maybe politics or something like that, right? Some other industry, because like we were saying, nepotism is not unique to the entertainment industry and is not unique to India in any way. <laughs> these just these people are just so visible that it makes it easier to find out. I was just gonna say that you know what I think is so in- interesting. Um, you know, looking at this family tree of Hindi cinema um, and the families here is that you know even the people that come in. Like, what you know, maybe now they're on their second generation, like, they immediately form their own dynasty and somehow try to like intermarry or connect into the existing branches. So, like, like the Bachchan family, you know, Amitabh Bachchan, I, you know, he's like, he came in the 70s and now, like, you know, his son, his, do- his daughter in law is Ashwari, and you know, and his daughter is married into the Kapoor family mm-hmm. indirectly. Her mother-in-law is a Kapoor, um, if I'm correct. And so it's it's um, very, very interesting how you like... And Ashwarya Rai was an outsider in her generation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she married into... A, you know, the Bachchan family was like a very stable dynasty to m- marry into um, as well. So it's, it's very interesting how that works. You know what's fun, and for our listeners, we'll link to the interactive family tree that you have, Beth, online. I was going through it, and I was trying to find, like, 
the just like two dots connected to each other, not connected to anyone else because they're relatively few. And you can like, I like kind of was like looking for Ayushman Karana and I found him because he's one of the few, just like him and his brother. They're just like on the outskirts right. of the family tree. But to kind of dovetail off what Veda said, that's what they do, right? Like Priyanka Chopra went in, Parneethi Chopra came in, who knows what else will like come of that dynasty. I mean, now yeah. they've made it global, but they're part of the Jonas family. You know, like it does happen very much in the Indian film industry because I mean, empirically, that's how you get ahead, right? Like that's sure. once you, once somebody gets a foot in the door, then the family kind of has a leg up and they're going to use it. You can't blame them for that. And it's probably who you meet also, right? Like, this is what you do for a living. People meet people at work. Like, that's not new either. No, but I think what you said earlier was very true, though, right? Who are they keeping out oh, because yeah. Yeah. of this? Like, where people like, say, an Aishman Karana or a Vicky Goshal, it takes them so long to break in, even though they're clearly very talented. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, though, you know what, you know, Beth, you just said, I think that is a good point because I think that is why uh, Bollywood themselves are so tone deaf um, and the (laughs) dynasties are so tone deaf and resistant to like having this discussion because I think that they don't it, it is their network they are in a bubble and if you look at this tree you realize just like how broad it is so there's so many people working in so many variety of roles in the in the film industry this is who they're meeting so they're probably like hey like it's not like everybody's in it like you know it's not like everybody's getting the same chance but they're not really seeing the perspective but i have to ask you about one that really blew my mind and you have to tell me how you got the source on this one (laughs) karan johar is Yash Chopra's nephew? Is that true? Because I, I double-checked this on your tree because... That must be an older one. I feel like that is not... Not true. This is, See, this is a shortcoming I have. I do not pay attention to film gossip unless I stumble across it on Twitter. Like, I don't look for it. I don't... I'm not attuned to it. So, all, like, everything that happens on Coffee with Karin, I, I don't know. Oh, you should call me in Veda. We know. Excellent. You can you can help me update all this then. So, <laughs> but yeah, and sometimes there are these things that like you hear something is like you're saying, like it's always been said that, but I'm like, but have the people in the family said it? I don't know. So that's. Yeah, it's never been confirmed. And then, you know, we've heard multiple, you know, sources on different aspects. Um, Anna Vedicad film critic and journalist <sighs> did like a fact check of this rumor sometime back oh, and was nice. like I have no there but her fact check was related to the fact that there are no good sources um about it so I don't really know <laughs> how to how to get get forward on figuring this out i'll have to go read what read what she said about that and see if i can update myself in there i think i currently don't have karen on any of my um most up-to-date drawings but i did this like three weeks ago so i probably haven't updated the right the right link for the the mukherjee he's part of that mukherjee if he's if that's what you're you know if that's the connection he's over on that giant Mukherjee tree so which by the way you can you can link Mithun Chakraborty to Satyajit Ray through this and I love that <laughs> to whom? <laughs> to Ray <laughs> uh, Satyajit Ray I mean every Bengali wants to be linked to Satyajit Ray I don't, but you can I, I don't apparently it's like ask any Bengali they're either related <laughs> to Tagore or Satyajit Ray and that was 
fun, too, to start. I've dug into the Bengali industry a little bit because that's the other main sort of language cinema that I watch. I feel like Bollywood gets a bad rap for being nepotistic. I'm like, the other industries also do this. And like, we we know that, right? Like, we know some of the lineages in Telugu and Tamil cinema and stuff. But um, I'm like, Bengalis, you also do this. <laughs> do, you, do you watch Tamil cinema as well? Like, I, I, I Only get- a little. Only a little. I get the sense that they also have a lot of dynasties and... Uh, I think so. And talk about politics, right? Like, they're very yeah. intertwined there. Their dynasties go on, to, they go on to become chief ministers. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same story in Karnataka, too. So, Rajkumar's, mm. Rajkumar's three sons, I believe, all are all in, uh, in the Kannada film industry. Oh, wow. So, there's definitely the same story... I, I'm curious to hear to to learn, um, you know, how uh, I don't know about right now, but like at your peak, how many uh, you know films were you watching like a week or a month? Yeah, I think I, I've seen well over a thousand at this point because I have a spreadsheet because I'm that person because I also have a library background in addition to the I love thing. you, <laughs> sisters. <laughs> um, but again, it was like, I can't keep track of everything just rem- trying to remember it, so I got to write it down. Um, so I think, yeah, for quite a while, I was averaging one a week. Um, I, it has definitely slowed down some, but uh, I don't really know why. Like, I should, I don't have any reason not to be watching more more films, so. <laughs> so is this new films, or are you going back and watching? Back, I go back, yeah. I mostly, I, my access to new films is is uh, inconsistent at best. I yeah. live in a, you know, I live in a college town that has a, hu- a huge South Asian population, but we still don't get all the new releases by any stretch. You're not missing um, anything, trust me. <laughs> You're and, you not know, missing anything. Netflix helps a lot. And there's this great, uh, for those of you in the U.S. or your listeners who are at least not in India, there's a service called, I don't know how to pronounce this, Einthusan online that has all sorts of streaming Indian content, often oh. with subtitles, English subtitles. So that is super helpful, yeah. especially for not Hindi, right? Like Hindi's <clears throat> the easiest to find with subtitles in my experience, but they'll they'll have Telugu, Tamil, Bengali, um, all, all sorts of others with subtitles, which is super helpful. Um, but yeah, I'm, mo- I, you know, when left to my heart's desire, I am 70s Hindi and 50s, 60s Bengali most. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> Excellent. I always want a new best friend. <laughs> Um, so, have you picked up the language or little bits of the language and all just, this? Just little bits. I I have various, you know, teach yourself Hindi books, and I just am too lazy to crack into them. But I did dig out my my writing flashcards the other day because um, this is the first time I've ever tried to learn a language that doesn't use the Roman alphabet, and that that is a big learning curve uh, for me. And it, it's funny to be like, well, I know what this word means, but I can't actually read it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm a three year old. Okay, <laughs> Same. but I've yeah, I've um. I've been to India several times and, you know, I can understand bits and pieces of Hindi. Um, context obviously helps a ton. But my vocabulary is very skewed to the movie. So, like, I can accuse somebody of lying on a witness stand, but I can't really ask directions to a hotel. So, I'm not really all that useful. <laughs> 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 but it does, I, I was in Lucknow a couple of years ago and my tour guide said, um, you'll please pardon my accent, it's terrible, but I was traveling with an Indian friend who does, who is a native Hindi speaker and our guide, our driver said to her, um, Madam, ye, uh, ye local add me bud to me's hay. And I laughed. And, they were, and he was like, whoa. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So, I, yeah, I understand bits and pieces, but I read like an utter, utter, you know, baby child. So, and the conjuncts confuse me greatly. Like, I've, I've, I try. <laughs> I got to try harder. 
What are some of the themes that really like appeal to you and and that you really like watching or genres? So there's two things that often come to mind for me. One is there's an emotional earnestness and honesty, generally speaking, that I really find very appealing. I am a kind of, I don't know, I, I, I like sort of English language, black comedies and stuff like that. But there's just something about the earnestness that is often in, in mainstream Hindi films that I really like. Um, it's just, it's moving, it's refreshing, it's appealing. I, I just, one of my old blog friends would say it makes her heart go squish, you know, <laughs> makes my heart go squish. Um, and then also I love kind of getting to identify some of the formulas. And I feel like you may know what's going to happen in a film, but you don't know how they're going to get there often. And I really like that. Um, this sort of, you know, you may know where the end is, but you're not sure what the journey is going to be like along the way. And it might have robots and it might have submarines and it might have, you know, and again, my 70s bias is showing here, I know, but, you know, a lot, or there might be a villain lair full of death traps or there might be a talking or not a talking, but like a really helpful falcon. You know, I love that. <laughs> I really, gen- and pe- please, please listeners know I am not making fun. I love this genuinely. And I think it's exceptionally creative and engaging. Is that Kudagawa? That's Kudagawa, right? <laughs> it's it's more than one, but yeah. <laughs> more than one talking falcon. I, I, I shouldn't say talking. I should just say helpful. Involved. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, there's an involved bird in Mene Pyarkia, right? Or is that just like... Yeah, yeah, that's the parrot. It's a pigeon, yeah. Oh, pigeon, pigeon. Yeah, yeah, but still it's involved. <laughs> oh, Better. and Prem Ki Divani, who has the parrot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, what, elephants, dogs, parrots, falcons, Divine intervention. I mean, Duffy is the best character in Hamapke Hankon, right? 100%. He runs in rhythm. Like, that dog rules. <laughs> I recently, you know, noticed this thing that this trope of, like, in in these 90s films or early 2000s, even in, in what we call in Mujh Se Dosti Karoge, where... You know, the good character doesn't, like, show their advocate for themselves. It's oftentimes it's the woman, like, doesn't <laughs> advocate for herself and, like, have her own agency in the sense that she'll, like, rebel and... and um in some of in some of these movies and um you're kind of waiting for like the approval and everyone else to understand somehow and like i don't know why they couldn't just say it in that movie and it's like somebody else has to like fight your battle for you um mm-hmm. and so that's why like this there's this you know divine intervention through like the dog or the air like <laughs> or like you know seeing the bangle like you know and then like the other person understands and brings the couple together as mm. opposed to being like hey i'm actually in love with your fiance like <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> Or you just got engaged to my girlfriend? Like, stop with that. Could you not? It's true. I think that's why actually a lot of these, like, animals come into it. Because it's like, the hand of God moves Duffy to take the note to the wrong person or whatever. Listeners, if you've not watched Hamapke Hankon, it's a classic. What is the craziest connection that you found through your charts? Oh, I mean, the the mitan to Raiwan is is a doozy. Um because people think of them as so very, very separate. But, of course, in these industries, like, nobody is that far separate. Um, and I love them both. <laughs> so I was pleased to see this kind of, that you could draw these lines. 
So how is Mithun Chakraborty related to Satyajit Ray? So his his wife um Yogita Bali is was married to Kishore Kumar who also was married to someone who is part of Ray's wife's family if I recall correctly. Oh. Is that Leela Chandavarkar? Uh let's see. Uh Ruma Ruma Guhathakrata who is Kishore's first wife I believe and she is she's Ray's niece or uh, his wife's niece or something like that. One has an Oscar, one is in Gunda. It's the same thing. <laughs> Have you seen Gunda Beth? Of course I've seen Gunda. You made it through Gunda? Well, I mean, sometimes you just have to let wash things wash over you. Um, it, I have never been able to find it with subtitles, but, you know, I, I'm very happy to watch things without subtitles. I'll give it a try. So I know that I did not get all of the essence of Gunda, but I did. I have watched it. I, I feel like it's that movie that Indian guys try to show you on, like, the fourth date, and they're always like, you'll love it. You'll love it. And you watch it, and you're like, what is it? Like... <laughs> You know what I appreciate about your family tree is that you have the breakups. <laughs> you have to. The heartbreak. You have to. because And this is like gossip that people know, but they don't, you know, when you're new to this, like you don't know the gossip, but it's it's fun. So it's really important because like it also connects to like the pairings in the movies. Right. And you're right. like, why right. were they like always acting with this like one? Why was this one couple on screen all the time or, you know, or what was going on there? And then nobody acknowledges it because they didn't get married <laughs> in Bollywood. Unless you get married, they just like pretended to exist even though it's probably in all those old film fairs which is why i want to read them (laughs) and also i feel like it um sometimes i'm not thinking of an example off the top of my head but sometimes there'll be a film that is clearly extremely resonant with people who grew up with it or saw it in india when it released that i just don't get and that and that's fine like not every film is for every person especially when like that person me is not from the culture for whom this film was made but i there'll be something resonant about the people who are in it that I don't, that I don't understand. So sometimes that also fills that in. So like Reka Amitabh is the big one, right? Where you, there are films of their pairing that I think mean something to people because of those true to life stories that, you know, it's something I've kind of learned, but I didn't grow up with it. So it doesn't like inculcate in me in the same way. I mean, Veda's mom and my mom have, I think, both told us that that scene in Silsila where Rekha and Jaya Bachchan meet really happened. And we're all like, how do you know? And they're like, no, this happened. So like that scene holds so much weight. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing. Yeah. And I just, I mean, that, that, I don't, I don't mean to sound so greedy and self-serving, but I love knowing that it just helps me comprehend what this film means culturally, which is what I'm very interested in most of all, I'd say. Poor Ranbir Kapoor. He's just got heartbreak next to heartbreak next to heartbreak. He better like he better solidify that latest one, <laughs> or just go outside the industry. He's the one doing the heartbreak, so he's he's fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. He's gonna he's gonna link up with another dynasty soon. It sounds like right. He and Alia. Uh, yeah, I mean that would be hot that and Kapoor. Pretty spectacular. <laughs> That's gonna be a big line in Beth's family that's tree. right that's right we can actually make all this these solid lines instead of little dotted lines or whatever i really do love though that the amitab line has just reka coming out of it just like on the side so many people have commented that they think that's funny and they're like shade 
<laughs> well, I, you know, as a as a worshiper at the house of Reka, like I'm, I'm putting her on there. She deserves to be on there. Absolutely. <laughs> they do. I, they do say. I think I've heard my parents say, or one of my uncles, or somebody say that Parveen Babi should also be on that line connected oh. to. Oh, Amitabha Parveen. I can believe that. Whatever. She was a babe. Well, like, and I've never connected Shashi Kapoor and Shabana Azmi, but that is apparently a thing. So I should add Shabana, and then that, then she, of course, relates to she gets Javed Akhtar in there and everything else. So wait, I didn't know this. This is what I've been told by a few people, but because it's you know like a generation earlier, right? Everyone's like, oh, my mom loves Shashi Kapoor, and she always said da 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 da. I mean, this is like stuff Veda and I talk about on the reg, like as if we know these people. So it's right. And isn't that funny? Like when you kind of step back from it, you're like, we don't actually know a lot of this, but we as a culture have decided we know. Sorry, I'm inserting myself into Indian film culture here. But Come like, on in. You know, thank you. <laughs> it's like we all and there's something that joins people together about that. And it's a way of participating in the what in the art form or something that we that we love these stories. And I think it's it makes, I think, Indian cinema, for me anyway, very different from Hollywood cinema. I don't know if people are so involved in the lives of Hollywood celebrities like Indians tend to be part of Bollywood. Like, And it take it very personally, right? Like Amitabh Bachchan fans are diehard Amitabh Bachchan fans. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not clued in if that exists about American film stars. I'm yeah. not aware of it, really. I mean, there must be here and there. But I think in general, yeah, I would definitely agree with you that it seems to be um, what, like personal or something in a way that I don't, and that's not even talking about like the, especially in the South with the big, the big hoardings and people gathering out outside of those at film release days and stuff, but which is also fascinating. People take it very, very personally. Like when people get married, it's almost like it's like in happening to them and their family. Like they're like, <laughs> oh, I hope that they'll be, you know, they're in love and I hope it's a good match and you know there's a bit of an age difference but you know I hope it'll be fine you know like it's like you why do you care <laughs> or like they're they're fine don't worry about it but like you're right maids like Nick Jonas was welcomed like India's son-in-law somehow <laughs> like, do you know what I mean like he was his tell-all about that someday will be will be quite interesting because I feel like we always hear from her, but we don't hear, maybe I just, you know, I'm again, not particularly tuned to gossip. So maybe I'm not, I'm just missing it. But um, that that would be, I mean, pretty mind blowing, I bet. It would be, it would be. I wonder if you can tell us, I, I think, did you ha- start that Twitter thread about like a first Bollywood movie to watch if you haven't watched? Do you have a suggestion? You know, we have a lot of listeners who are, you know, not from India. I do. Uh, I often tell people Paheli because I think you don't need to know anything about India (laughs) at all (laughs) in order to appreciate it in many ways. Now, obviously, your appreciation will be greater if you do know, but I don't think you need to know. I, you know, it stars some of my very favorite people. I think it's beautiful visually to look at. The music is good. There's that great puppet song at the end. I think it's really creative. Um, And the sort of fairy tale aspect of it, I think for people who are like, I don't know if I like musicals, you know, like it helps them bridge into that if that's a barrier they've set up for themselves. And I am going to challenge them because you can't just say you don't like musicals. That's dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> just try a movie and take it for on its terms and, and let it offer you what it has to offer you, you know. Um, you know, one that I hear recommended a lot that I don't agree with is Om Shanti Om. Because I'm like, that is so film, film culture 
related that you're going to miss a ton of it. But I've met people who that was their first or second Hindi film and they loved it. So like, can't tell them they didn't love it. I just don't, I would never recommend that one because it seems like it has a lot of barriers to appreciation or, or comprehension even, right? I would tell people Dil Chata Hai. I would also. Yeah, def- definitely. Definitely. That's a good one. And again, like good, good acting, great music. It's visually appealing. It also like, is youthful in a way yeah. that I think is helpful sometimes, right? Like, um, sometimes when you, tr- like, I've shown people Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum. And like, yeah, you, some people like it, but sometimes it's like too entrenched in that like Indian family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Though I really, bless his heart, I had a friend who described it to his wife as the Indian citizen cane. And I was like, no, sir. No, it is not. Uh, that's not what I would say, but. No, no. <laughs> He was like, no, it's about a patriarch. And I was like, and that's where the similarities end. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say they recommend DevDos. I would never, ever subject anybody to DevDos. Any version. I don't think any Bansali movie, honestly, is... It'd be a lot, yeah. Although Ramlila, maybe, um, if they're familiar with Romeo and Juliet, right? Like, that's pretty approachable for people who have Shakespeare in their sort of cultural awareness or their cultural background. Um and again, visually extremely striking, I would say. But yeah, I would never give anybody deaf to us. <laughs> so I think in a couple of episodes ago, we just did this fun little game where we talked about English uh, Hindi movies that were inspired by English movies. I think, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I said the name of the English movie and these pe- these guys had to guess what the inspired movie was. <laughs> Do you have any of those in mind? Oh, um, so not Hindi, but well, there is a Hindi one apparently, but I love that there's a Bengali sound of music. Is there? Except it doesn't have any Nazis in it. So, which if you grew up with sound of music, you're like, oh, that's kind of a major piece of it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Uttam Kumar and Aparna Sen. So and what is the conflict then? I think that, I don't, I don't even remember. I think that he's kind of older and richer and you know, class, class kind of stuff. And there is the Baroness is there, but yeah, they don't have, and there's also no gazebo scene, which seems like, why is that not there? That would be an easy thing to transpose. But yeah, I, I quite like that film actually. <laughs> What's the title of that film? Uh, Joy Jayanti. And oh. I think it's on, if you don't need subtitles, I believe you can grab it on YouTube pretty easily. Oh, we do need subtitles. We don't understand Bengali. Um, and I, I've just in digging around, like there's um there's also a Bengali. It happened one night, but that of course has been remade as many things in India. Um, there's also two, a Hindi. It happened one night, right? And there's multiple. There's at least three, I think, Hindi versions of that. But at one point, you know, they're remaking each other, not the the 1930s American one, which is based on a play by like it. It is not an original either, if I recall correctly. Although I might be getting mixed up. Another favorite I have is there is a 70s Hindi version of. Um, some Like It Hot with Rishi Kapoor and Nitu Singh, who are some of my favorites. So that's Rafu Chakar. That's quite good. Oh, I didn't even and know Rishi that Rishi Kapoor one. does the sort of Tony Curtis as Cary Grant thing. I think. I think that's what he's doing, or at least that's how it came across to me. So you, you'll you know better than I. Like, maybe he's actually imitating a different celebrity. But he does, to me, he sounds a lot like Tony Curtis being Cary Grant. It's all it's all really good fun. We're going to have to check that out. Is that on YouTube? Probably. Yeah, I think I actually, I, I have so many DVDs that I haven't even watched yet. <laughs> okay. but, I, I, but I bet I bet you can find it, yeah. 
That's awesome. That's a good one. That's not one people talk about a lot. So. No, no, it isn't. And I, you know, that's that film regularly gets put on the, you know, like best American comedies lists and everything. So when I when I read that there was a Hindi one, I was like, oh, and I, I like the American one. So I was like, oh, I got to watch that. And it was I really like it. It's cute. Awesome. All right. Um, so can you tell us where we can find your chart online besides <laughs> your Twitter thread? Sure. So it is it is on um, I have it in Google Drive as a PDF that people can look at. So I'll give you the links that you can put them in your podcast description because they're like long, gnarly links that are not very useful. Um, my it, It's currently pinned at the top of my Twitter account, which is Beth Loves Bali. So that might be the easiest place to find it. And there's links in that thread to the full thing on Google Drive. Cool. So yeah, you can find uh, you can find the these amazing family trees and charts uh, that Beth made online on Google Drive. Uh, we will link to it in our podcast. And please feel free to send me if you know something, especially if you have a source you can send me about like, oh, so and so is actually the cousin of so and so. Please let me know. Love to add more as we go. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Beth. this was such a lovely chat. Loved having you on the show. Thank you all for having me and um, thank you for welcoming me into your film friend world. (laughs) All right, that was it. Uh, Three Desi Things is Saurabh Datar, Geetika Kallu and Veda Shastri. You can follow us on Instagram at Three Desi Things or on Twitter at Three Desi Things. You can find us on our website at threedaisythings.com or email us at threedaisythings at gmail.com. We are on all the podcast platforms, so please subscribe and leave us a review. If you're on an Android or an iPhone, you can find us. You cannot write reviews on Android. But- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just tell your friends, subscribe, listen. Thank you to everybody who's already reviewed. We really appreciate it. It helps people find us. Thank you for people who are following us. And we will see you in two weeks.